let's get agreement that this is a strategic priority. That area of alignment and synergy can be very Looking important. The future, we're committed to expand valuation. time, there's still progress that needs to be made. This is Healthcare Strategies. Hello, and welcome to Healthcare Strategies. My name is Kelsey Waddell, and I am the Senior Editor for Healthpayer Intelligence and Multimedia Manager at Extelligent Healthcare Media. The beginning of each new year is ripe with anticipation as healthcare leaders try to prepare for whatever lies ahead. At the genesis of 2022, we were talking about consumerism and its presence in healthcare leaders' technology decisions, access to care endeavors, and health equity goals. In 2023, leaders face different pressures and opportunities that could reshape or reinforce their priorities. Today on Healthcare Strategies, we will bring together experts from different corners of the industry to share their insights on the new year. In the first of this two-part episode, we will hear predictions from healthcare leaders in patient engagement, revenue cycle management, health insurance, and the life sciences industry as they reveal some of the major trends that they expect to see in 2023. One of the inescapable themes going into 2023 is the U.S. economic downturn. While policymakers and researchers may debate over the definition of a recession, most experts agree that we are either in the midst of a recession or heading into one. The impacts of the financial downturn that started in 2022 will bleed into 2023. Natalie Chabelle, Vice President and Research Director for Healthcare at Forrester Research, explained how this trend could impact hospitals and what healthcare leaders can do to prepare. My top prediction is that the economic downturn and consumer behaviors will spike hospital bankruptcies by a third. You know, here at Forrester, we predicted the economic downturn will increase hospital bankruptcies by a third in 2023, as we're seeing financial struggles, particularly with inflation nurse staffing crises, labor cost hikes, supply chain disruption, sourcing shortages, where they're breaking the banks of U.S. hospitals and causing them to shut their doors. And we see over the next 12 months, hospitals that have averted financial crises due to the Fed's contingency provisions and state-based funding sources, the lender-granted waivers and extensions will finally succumb to a lack of cash flow. And so that's what we predicted for 2023. To navigate the crises and stay afloat, we're recommending that hospitals should start quantifying their finance distress levels now. We recommend calculating your Z-score every month, tracking over 24 to 36-month period, and that will help hospitals identify their risks and help determine a financial turnaround strategy for if they're nearing the red zone. Despite the state of the economy, payers and providers will not back down from value-based care adoption in the new year. In 2019 through 2021, private investment in value-based care providers quadrupled, according to a McKinsey article entitled, Investing in the New Era of Value-Based Care. Clearly, interest in the model has been gaining momentum. Dr. Scott Anders, ACO Chief Medical Officer at Providence Health and Services, Washington, shared some of the value-based care strategies that payers and providers will want to prioritize in the new year. If I were to think about what's coming in 2023 and beyond, and where do we focus, the two areas that I'm thinking about are payers. If we think about payer willingness, partnership between healthcare organizations and the payers is incredibly important. Even if an organization is interested in taking on more risk, they have to have a willing partner. And there was a study a few years ago that demonstrated that most payers weren't interested in going beyond 3B, the ACPA land, 3B of upside and with shared downside risk. So even if you're interested in taking on full cap, 
payers in the past traditionally haven't been very responsive or interested. And it makes sense, right? Because fiduciary responsibility to their members to make sure they've got network adequacy and they have the right providers providing the right care. So what I predict in 2023 is we're going to see more payers willing to kind of push past or get up to that edge and start edging into that kind of four category of where you've got some kind of capitated payment model, whether it's a primary care cap, it's a global professional cap, or it's a full delegated cap model. I think we're going to start seeing more of that kind of coming through overall. So that'd be my first prediction. The second one is really the continued growth around high-performing networks and clinically integrated networks. If we take a look at spend, if we're thinking about moving towards the premium dollar, we need to understand what's occurring, not just within our walls, but what's occurring outside our walls. Often 45 to 50% of spend within an HMO product does occur outside your walls. So the question is, how do you have those conversations with the key individuals within your community? At the moment, you can have doctor-to-doctor calls about patient care. You can request specific records, but you can't have organizational detailed conversations about patients and kind of as they flow through the systems between our system to your system overall. High-performing networks or HPNs and CINs, they perform the framework for us to have those conversations. So I see an expansion of those in 2023 and beyond, and I see those being central to any growth strategy within the value-based life space. The era of the coronavirus pandemic changed the U.S. healthcare system in a number of ways, in addition to possibly contributing to value-based care progress. Peter Long Executive Vice President of Strategy and Health Solutions at Blue Shield of California, explained how the pandemic will continue to shape the payer industry in 2023, as well as his vision for greater alignment between stakeholders. I'll tell you one trend I'm very confident is going to happen and one trend I'm hoping happens. So I'll share the, the one that I'm confident is happening is there will be a dramatic expansion in access points for care in 2023. So 20 of 2020, 2021, 2022 are the year of virtual care or the years of virtual care because of the global pandemic. 2023 will be the realization of how do we take those access points and build a blended healthcare model for our members as health plans. So where there were point solutions out of necessity and stood up very quickly in the last couple of years, 2023 will see us integrate those access points into our networks and make them ongoing regular offerings that are actually, as I said, work for our members and are complementary to the other providers in the system. My hope for 2023 is we see more multi-payer alignment, because I think that's going to be the ticket to real transformation on change in healthcare. We have a first mover problem in healthcare, that there have been quite a few innovations that one health plan does or one health system does, and others are reluctant to come on board. And it's because that's such and such initiative, or that's Blue Shield of California, I'm not sure that we can be a part of it. So my hope is that we see more multi-payer alignment around aligning our outcome measures, aligning around data exchange, aligning around how do we see macro aspects of population health. So I think I've seen some confident signs in the last year here in California where we have seen some multi-payer alignment. And my hope and expectation, I think, that we'll see those things deepen and expand in 2023. The life sciences industry is constantly evolving, and that evolution will have to continue in 2023, potentially under the pressure of federal agencies. Melissa Price McDonald, Clinical Programs Manager of Data Strategy at Cook Medical and Doctoral Student of Population Health Sciences at Thomas Jefferson University, shared how the Food and Drug Administration, or FDA, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, or CMS, and other entities will impact the life sciences. You know, obviously I don't have a crystal ball in front of me, but one of the things that I like to tell people is 
If you look at certain different types of legislation or initiatives, especially those that roll out from the federal government or CMS in particular, I think you can kind of see into that crystal ball somewhat. And so, you know, I'm happy to share a couple of my predictions for our industries in the upcoming year. So one of the things I think that are going to be key and and actually we were focusing on them as an industry overall before the pandemic, but I certainly think the pandemic has highlighted this is, you know, the social determinants of health. I don't think that that exact phrase was as commonly used or maybe not as highly focused on before the pandemic as it is now. And so I think what you're going to see with, again, looking at the federal government and seeing you know, what CMS and other payers are starting to focus on, we have these Z codes that have been created for the healthcare providers to use. They're in electronic health records. As of yet, there really isn't a reason for the hospital industry to, to really capture those as far as the payers are concerned. They're not being reimbursed for using these Z codes that capture different social determinants of health. However, I do think that once CMS creates a code such as this, eventually there will be some expectation and incentivization for healthcare leaders to capture that. So how do you translate that into life sciences? One of the things that we need to do a better job at from the life sciences part of the healthcare industry is how do we study that? You know, how do we include those different types of endpoints or survey collection tools or patient-reported outcome measures into what we do in study and trial design? And, you know, conversely, on our end, we're seeing that same type of push come from the FDA. So just earlier this year, the FDA published an update to guidance on patient-reported outcome measures. Now, it's not a regulation, or so it's not a requirement for life science industry leaders to include in their trial and study design. But again, if you follow the trend, they're encouraging us to start to capture more patient-reported outcome measures. And the reason that's important is because not only does it include the voice of the patient, and what you're studying so that it allows us to really understand how does our intervention, how does our our medication or whatever it is that we're doing in this part of the healthcare industry impact the patient? And what do they think about that intervention? You know, how is it impacting their activities of daily living or, you know, how is it impacting the economic factor associated with that particular intervention? So it gives us that, it gives us their voice, but then it also helps us to understand from a social determinant of health factor, things such as health literacy, for example, or frailty, and how do those different types of factors impact quality of life and their outcomes? And so we're seeing that push from both ends. So if I had to give a couple of predictions related to that, this is what it would be. I think that our sector of the healthcare industry certainly needs to start focusing in more on the patient. We need to start collecting more patient-reported outcome measures so that we can be ready when the time comes that some of these other initiatives that are going to hit the hospital industry at some point in time, like reimbursement associated with capture of social determinant of health data, whether that happens next year or not, it is certainly something I think will be coming. And so how do we support that from our end? How do we become better partners with the, the hospital systems that we support 
through the the creation of our devices or our therapeutics, or even if it's just you know studying out certain populations, I think those are things that for 2023 we in our industry certainly need to focus on. As Price McDonald indicated, there are a number of unknowns going into the new year. But healthcare leaders who have weathered the coronavirus pandemic are no stranger to navigating uncertainty. Time will tell how they will turn those uncertainties into opportunities to create a better healthcare system. Tune in next week for part two of this conversation as we discuss 2023 trends in health IT security, mHealth, EHRs, and health IT analytics. Listeners, we would love to hear your insights on this topic as well. So if you have any thoughts that you'd like to share or any questions or topics that you think that we should cover in future episodes, please reach out to me at kwadil at intelligentmedia.com. That's K-W-A-D-D-I-L-L at intelligentmedia.com to share your thoughts. And also don't forget to drop us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Thanks for listening. This has been an Extelligent Healthcare Media production. 